0: Welcome to Down to Watch. This is the podcast that asks, are you down to watch? I'm Camila. I am Dan. And this is where we are going to talk about movies, music, TV, and just general pop culture goodness. If you have not already, please follow us on Twitter at DTW Podcast or like us on Facebook at Down to Watch Podcast. That way you'll be one of the first to know when there's a new episode up. This is episode 34 and we're going to get into a Spike Lee joint. But first, this episode is sponsored by Horror Pack. Horror Pack is a horror movie subscription box. You can pick from four different plans. The most popular being nineteen twenty-four a month for four, that's right, four, horror, blu-rays, or DVDs for three months. And those spectacular horror films are yours to keep. We have a very special code for our listeners, just for our listeners, and you'll get three dollars off your first month ooh <laughs> Just go to horrorpack.com sign up and use the coupon code down to watch HP. That's down to watch HP. You get yourself a treat and you let the guys at horror pack know that sponsoring us works and we get to keep bringing you the podcast so everybody wins. It's a win-win-win situation.
1: It's a box of horror. Ooh. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> Delivered to your
0: doorstep, <laughs> <monthly>. boom!
1: <laughs> <laughs> the guys in corporate are gonna love it. <laughs> Give a little love back to your boss. <laughs>
0: yes, and um, we word on the street is our horror boxes in the mail are coming sometime soon this month. And um,
1: we have a lot of monsters on our walls. It's just a decoration. Do you notice that?
0: Do we? <laughs> <laughs> Really. And Dana's
1: referring to um a lot of some,
0: you know, buffy this room. stuff. <laughs> That's really not that many in this room in itself. It's, just it's
1: okay to love it. Embrace it. We've got a vampire it. and if an it empa-
0: empath demon.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just on the nearest wall. <laughs> 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 on the nearest wall and Daryl Dixon that's it I mean <laughs> he's not a depending monster on. It's <laughs>
0: depending on which way you look at it
1: although it is boondock saints were they monsters were they angels oh and I don't know are angels a type of monster
0: well maybe we'll have to do that and we'll have to do boondock saints for St. Saint Patty's Day because if you and d- dissect it well
1: can we also do um what's that one it's like the one Keanu Reeves movie that you'll tolerate um
0: Constantine.
1: Yeah, Constantine. <laughs> yeah, those angels were kind of monsterish. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know.
0: Sure. I'm
1: we, gonna, we can. I'm understand. not going to go down this path anymore. I want to keep church <laughs> and s- state separate. In any event, um, I think it's a great idea. If it wasn't for horror movies, because mm. I wasn't a fan when we met. Right. I was like, why in the world?
0: Why would anybody do that to themselves? It took
1: wow, six, seven years for me to get my head around it. Yeah, I'd say six and a half. So <laughs> if you're a couple out there. <laughs> just starting out just go on the horror ride it's okay it doesn't mean that they're going to kill you and hide your body and know all that I thought that for the longest time married you anyway <laughs> I'm Look like I'm you living on the edge, that bad right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what can I possibly generally I have a good heart I believe I have a good heart <laughs> I didn't believe that I shouldn't get married in any event uh it's good when the wife is scared or your husband or however that dynamic works out with you um <laughs> it's job security one truth When you go out of town, they really, 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 truly miss you, (laughs)
0: like
1: a lot. No joke. (laughs) It's great to come back to that.
0: And also, you've got the, you know, the trite of, you know, the jump scares. I immediately cover my face. I bury my face in your chest or your side. Oh yeah, there's (laughs)
1: cuddling. We're definitely sitting on the same couch. (laughs) This isn't gonna be one of those things where you lay on your couch, I lay on my couch, and we both fall asleep. And like, did you finish watching the movie? (laughs) No, it's not one. It's (laughs) horror movies are never like that. How did it end? Unless they're just really bad. Yeah. Well, let's like not talk about follows. them.
0: Um, so like, it follows. <laughs> <laughs> like, you had one just ready to go. She loves horror
1: so much, she even loves the one she hates. Sometimes, yeah. Um. So, I know
0: that by now, everybody, like, everybody all over social media has been talking about Beyonce's new song slash video slash super bowl performance i can't stop
1: singing it in my head
0: really yeah, you've just, heard it like twice i saw or were the you video or were you listening to it no. at work today well in
1: my head <laughs> right <laughs> i was like i'm gonna listen to can't touch this today like this was a, my like life affirmation in the morning drive to work with Camila. i just tell her and you
0: know and i know why i know why that happened because i think i was watching the <coughs> i was watching something and they were playing um super freak ah by rick james i yeah, think that's right. why that's they got the that's yeah, why right, I got right. caught in your head <laughs>
1: that's it
0: there you go um but anyway so yeah so like on saturday out of the middle of nowhere i was just sitting there everybody the world was sitting there at four o'clock on saturday minding all of their entire business and then beyonce per i guess past fashion the way she's kind of been known to do is she just kind of dropped hey by the way guys, I've got a brand new song and video. Boom. There you right. go bitches. Yeah, in case you <laughs> forgot that
1: was awesome cuz it's been just a little bit since y'all been spinning around in your seats, <laughs> waving your arms in the air, which I love as well. Yes. Beyoncé's like Yeah. Note to couples out there.
0: Go on the Beyoncé, right. Seriously, yo. Like that's I mean, it's uh, and I had no idea that it, it was like this until like the For the longest time I you know, I enjoyed Destiny's Child when they came out. I enjoyed Beyonce's solo, a couple of her solo albums. But I think after B-Day, I stopped paying attention to her. Because to me, it felt like she was releasing a new fucking album every month.
1: And it was like... <laughs> well, she's trying, she had a lot to pay off. When she started out, you know what I'm saying? Because when she first started out, she's like, damn, i got to make these albums. Well, actually, the first three are probably great. Well, Actually, the first two are probably great. Mm-hmm. By the time you get into your third album, I imagine it's like going to work. Yeah. And then you now you've got debts, you know, and then you try to go do some stuff on your own, you know, not really fully understanding the risk that the money was taking. And mm. then one day you're very successful and then you marry somebody who's also very successful. And now you alls free.
0: Right. You got an empire. <laughs> y'all's free.
1: <laughs> now she's making albums just for herself. Just for and I love <laughs> it. Uh, this new stuff is is.
0: Yes, it's amazing. And it took me I think it, I was like probably a year. Six months to a year late on that Beyonce album that she mysteriously dropped on everybody with 7 Eleven and Partition and all those on there. So, you know, and I haven't stopped. Once I discovered it, I haven't stopped listening to it since. And then this happens. And it was like, damn it, I had things to do today. Like, why? <laughs> like, right. you just came out of nowhere. Now I need to go download this song. Right. I need to watch this video as soon as more I times. get home. Like, it
1: was the first thing you did. I've I never seen technology <laughs> flow <laughs> so quick. Because usually you don't know when you get home. It's just like, it's like what I imagine a deer looks like after the headlights are gone. Truth, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> the the headlights have,
0: have dimmed. The the cars <laughs> moved on. They have not hit the deer. They've not, <laughs> but <Right. laughs> they've not hit the deer. But it's a ew. there's a oh, yeah there's a fluster. Something
1: and it's gone now. I <laughs> just don't know what you're gonna do first. Now what? But you did that day. Yeah, that Beyonce. Day.
0: That was that was the. Uh, mission and that video like it's been everybody's been going around calling it like the blackest thing ever and um I th- keep hot tossing my bag <laughs> and there's just so much beautiful <laughs> imagery in the in the video in itself she uh it was shot in New Orleans you know obviously that was a you know for the people for Katrina there was you know um the reference to
1: <laughs> He's making his way on right, the soundtrack. Exactly. <laughs> yes, Albert, that is our, our dog, dog Albert. would like to also say hello. <laughs> and there's danger. <laughs> Sticking with the horror theme, love that yes. guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, well, all the imagery that's in Beyonce's video. There's the drowning of the police car. There's the in you know the New Orleans floods, and the floods of New Orleans water. Uh, like there's the little boy, which is probably one of my favorite images. The little boy dancing with the hood on. Right, with a hoodie, um, in front of an entire riot team of police officers. Right, and and also there's also like you know, and there's so much. She talks about how proud she is to be south, like Southern. She's got that Southern whatever about her still, and she's emulating in all these different ways the, the different Southern black images. And I just, I don't know, I absolutely love it, and I love the song. And it's not that it's not that much to l- it lyrically. It's a love. But it's, it's
1: a love letter to that part of America, basically southeastern. And she hit all of them. Like she's talking Alabama, Texas, Louisiana, right. Creole, you know, she's And Florida's where Trayvon Martin got shot for carrying Skittles back to right. his condo, essentially. Exactly. Jeez, which is why we haven't been to Florida <laughs> in a long that time. Would explain it. So,
0: I mean, I'm not here to we're not here to really analyze Beyoncé's music video or the song, but I would like to just give a shout out to Beyonce, her amazing dancers who just looked like, like the whole thing, even the um, the uh, Super Bowl halftime show looked like Rhythm Nation meets Black Panthers on a mission to slay. So shout out Beyonce, yeah. like, you yeah. know, mad props to you and your team and your everybody and especially your baby Blue Ivy. I love my baby hair with baby hair and afro. That is an amazing love. Oh yeah,
1: and even like the New Orleans, like was it brunch or a funeral? It's hard to tell in New Orleans. Yeah, I don't
0: know. There was a parade <laughs> happening at one point. There was the 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 beautiful shots of like the, her in all in all white and like a, an old
1: yeah house. the big hat
0: yeah and with like all the other women around her, all the beautiful black women around her. And then there's the one where she, uh, reminded me because I've never been to New Orleans and I don't know that much about the New Orleans history, but it reminded me of the American Horror Story, Coven.
1: <laughs> you saw the interview with the vampire, right? Yeah, like okay. when
0: she's standing there with the big hat, the big black hat, and the all yeah, black, yeah. and she's got the dudes behind her.
1: That it's just a great one with Kevin Spacey too, set in New Orleans.
0: Oh, it was that the Garden uh, Midnight in the Garden between Good and Evil? You are so good. I think that is it. I think that is it.
1: I <laughs> know <laughs> that was in a brain cell you yes. were using very often. You really massaged that one out. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I um, think it's because I just,
0: uh, John Cusack was also in that. So one, you haven't been
1: to New Orleans yet.
0: I have not been to New Orleans yet, but I am very am fi- very interested in going to see New Orleans because it looks beautiful and it looks like someplace that I would.
1: Somebody made the mistake historical. of telling you about Beignets like three days ago. Yeah. And so, so now you're locked on it. So
0: now New Orleans has moved to the top of the list right. of places <laughs> where <laughs> I need to be. <laughs> Café <laughs> Dumont. Yes.
1: I'll take you there. Maybe you do that for Thank our you. anniversary. Excellent. That would be awesome. I could be awesome. You could be awesome. Let's get to this movie, Shirek.
0: All right. So, as always, guys, there's going to be spoilers. And as of late, like, we've been doing a lot of recent movies, so the spoilers matter. So, um, Chirac came out in 2015. The plot summary is, after the murder of a child by a stray bullet, a group of women organize against the ongoing violence in Chicago's South Side. And this is also, this film is also, um... It's a modern-day adat- adaptation of the ancient Greek play *Lysistrata* by Aristophanes.
1: Aristophanes.
0: Aristophanes. Thank you, um, my academic love. Um, set against Nernin the backdrop, <laughs> set against the backdrop of gang violence in Chicago. Um, so uh, yeah, so it was directed by Spike Lee, written by. Dan, no, that's not right. Written by Spike Lee and another gent. I didn't finish writing my notes. Whoopsies. We Hold went straight on. from the hot TV <laughs> straight to the, m- yes. the hot microphones. Written by Kevin Wilmot and Spike Lee.
1: Okay. The writing, I have to say, I would love to read this script. Yeah. This is a script I would love to own.
0: No, yeah, that would be a really good It's it would a, really a real work one. of art. Yeah, it would be a really great one to read. Um, Before we get too deep, instead of our history with the movie, because it's a brand new movie, basically. Smart. Our history with Spike Lee. Yeah. Do you have any um, Spike Lee joints that y- that are your favorites? Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I feel like if I were to meet Spike Lee, I, I would give him some advice, <laughs> knowing that he wouldn't give a crap. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, you need to check your crew. You might have to clip some of these people, make some room for some fresh ideas. Because if you're going to make a movie about a poem, <laughs> 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 never mind. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, but, you know, I saw, uh, what's it called? I think I've seen almost everything he's made. Probably. Um,
0: so we've got, you know, obviously she's got to have it uh, do the right thing. Inside man. I'm not I'm not going in order here. I really um, love do
1: the right thing. I know that's kind of cliche, but that's when Spike oh. was hungry. It's still like, you know, wasn't always getting the door open for him to make a vanity project. Right. Or anything like that. Or to bring some other filmmaker. in. that's when he was making his own mark. And right. it's so great! It's such a good movie. So
0: we've also got you know sh- School Days, Mo- Mobetta yep. Blues, yep. Jungle Fever, yep. Malcolm X, Crooklyn. Yep. Crooklyn is something that not too many people enjoy, but I really enjoyed that one. I think that's one of my favorite Spike Lee films, there um, you go. as well as Malcolm X is probably by far my most favorite one. Um, School Days, that's also pretty good, but it gets a little it gets offensive to me at some point and then <laughs> then he stops like he start he goes on a different path of doing things like summer of sam and um
1: well spike made a decision 25th that is his hour name.
0: that was another one that's that i really enjoyed with edward norton gotcha and um inside man so
1: i was gonna say spike made a decision to kind of he is. That's one of his hallmarks. You know, it's one of the hallmarks of his movies. There's going to be something there that's going to be offensive to somebody. Right, exactly. Because that's how the world is, and that's how people talk, and that's his way of making it real. I think for the most
0: Ish. part, he offends everybody. I think that's uh, his goal. I think, I think yeah, that might be a goal. Yeah, a lot sure. Because at least he's got like
1: I Howard g- Stern about it. Although he came real close in Chirac.
0: Well, <laughs> also in Twenty Fifth Hour, there is a point in there is like a solid twelve minute rant that. Edward Norton has in the me mi- in the bathroom mirror to himself and he is like listing off all sorts of every racial slur to everybody under the sun. Gotcha. So that one absolutely is so I could like check, 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 everybody. Gone.
1: <laughs> right. So um there's a way to establish his voice in a crowd of authors.
0: <coughs> yeah, and there's also there's also there's also a lot of there's certain things that you can always expect in a Spike Lee movie. That's one of them. Something like that. There's always going to be some sort of like, like long rant at some point. Somebody gets a ginormous monologue in the in the film. There's also the the shot where the where someone looks like they're floating. That's in every one of his films.
1: Right. Where was that in this one?
0: During the sex-off, right before the sex-off. Oh, that's right. Just, like, floating towards him. That's (laughs) right, that's right. (laughs) Thank you. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there's a couple other things, too, that I'll point out when we get into this film. So, our character actor breakdown. Nick Cannon plays Chirac. (laughs) He looks so hurt.
1: I'm disappointed. Like, (laughs) I came home late (laughs) and drunk or something. That's the look you give me. (laughs) Well, it's just
0: Nick Cannon. I have a really hard time taking him seriously. Like, all I really know him from is, you know, like being that goofy kid on Nickelodeon or or whatever other show that he's got now called Wilding Out or something. And it's just just that goofy
1: kid with that goofy smell. And I I have a hard time taking him serious. Would you say his demographic is about 14 years old? Probably. Okay. We'll come back to that. It's definitely I have a theory.
0: Definitely the under thirty crowd. Yeah. Absolutely, Nick Cannon is. Um, but Chirac is he's uh one of the main stars of this one of the main characters in this story. He is the leader, I guess, of
1: the Sparta gang. Spartans. Spartans. S- this is Sparta. Because he's you know, he's he's Spike is like laying large milestones into Greek okay uh literature yes. so that hopefully so the 14 year olds that watch this movie will go back and
0: read the original
1: play or not just that i mean he 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 th- nods to uh what's his name rex who wrote oedipus mm-hmm. you know one of the characters name is oedipus another one of the characters names is something else greek i mean they does all
0: Zsmon,
1: have or yeah um Heramedes okay and uh so on and so forth so and helen for that matter Helen of troy right Okay. So, so um, It's a montage of classic Greek literature. Yes. So we've
0: got, we're in sh- Chicago, present day, and there are two main gangs the Trojans and the Spartans. And,
1: and Nick, the Cyclopses. No, no, so no they're, 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 the they're the Trojans. Trojans. <laughs> Cyclops, Cyclops is, is their leader. Yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> Nick Cannon is Chirac. He's, is Chirac. He is the leader. Light bulbs.
1: That's <laughs> why he wears an eye patch. Got it. I thought the whole crew was named for a minute. I got confused a lot. The whole thing rhymed. Okay,
0: so uh, we (laughs) we get through these characters. (laughs) So, um, Chirac, as I said several times before, is the leader of the Spartans, and he's also a rapper, I guess, or an aspiring rapper, and his girl, his main lady, is played by Tiana Paris, and her name is Lis.
1: La Sistra. Sistrata. La La Sistrata. La Yes. La I was having a hard time understanding what h- Samuel Jackson was saying, believe it or not. Well, he was yelling. Right. So, <laughs> so like, there's no subtlety on the La Sistrata. La Sistrata. La? La? Le, le, let me see. I, I'm, You're looking right at it. I'm just looking at what I wrote phonetically on my notes. La
0: even though I've, i heard it being said That's several with a times.
1: with Lysistrata.
0: Yeah, Lysistrata. So she is, and she is the one who initiates this boycott. And the strike. Wesley Snipes plays Cyclops, who is the leader of the Trojans which I personally felt was a little bit old to be playing this role but okay. Mm. Um, Angela Bassett plays Miss Ellen. She if you are familiar with Spike Lee's earlier films, you know there's always going to be like a mama figure in these films and that was usually played by Miss Ruby D. Angela Bassett has now taken that role on oh. so um, and we also have Samuel L. Jackson who is basically the narrator. Of this film, you know, Spike Lee uh, is also very big on narrators. Sometimes it's in the c- the form of a DJ, like everybody's listening to the same radio station in the neighborhood, and it's a DJ talking about what's going on. Sometimes it's a straight up, like for real, narrator.
1: Right. Well, he's using um, an element from Greek literature. It's called the chorus, which would be the the narrator. Okay. You know, they would be explain. You know, do the hand holding for the audience to help them connect the dots which this narrator in Chirac didn't exactly do a lot. A lot of times he was just there to m- break up scenes. Mm-hmm. But um, Shakespeare borrowed that, of course, from Greek literature when he was doing what w- was called the Asides. And a lot of people think Shakespeare was great because instead of writing in rhyme, he wrote in pentameter Or what is it called? Iambic pentameter. <laughs> what is that? That is what Shakespeare <laughs> wrote in. <laughs> Okay. That sounded very smart right now. <laughs> in any event, um and he did Asides, so those were hallmarks of Shakespeare plays. So okay. Spike like definitely likes his theater.
0: Okay, yeah. Because um, Samuel L. Jackson's character's name was Dolmede Midi, Dolmedes. Was in
1: Heramedes? Dol- no, it Haramides?
0: No, stolen was Dolomedes. Dol- Dol- well
1: you you get Dol- the Dol- benefit of actually seeing it on a screen.
0: It's Dol- Dol-
1: All right. Keep going, going Um, then. We
0: also have John Cusack, who plays Father Mike Corden, the local minister, which, okay. Jennifer Hudson Hudson plays Irene. She is the mother of the young child that gets killed. We also have a couple of other people that pop in some smaller roles, but um, Dave Chappelle plays Morris, who is an owner of a strip club, but he's only in there for a couple minutes. And we've got D.B. Sweeney and uh, Henry Harry Lennox, who you might know from The Blacklist or The Five Heartbeats. And, um, yeah, so that's basically, you know, it's it's a lot of people, a lot of cast, but those are the bigger folks that are involved.
1: I could have sworn I saw Dolomite, but he's not Do- listed.
0: Dolomite? <laughs> Which one was Dolomite? The,
1: the one with the prolonged "she." Oh, that's the guy that was
0: always in The Wire. That was in The that's Wire, right, and right. he also did that in The Wire.
1: That's right. Thank you. <laughs> You're
0: welcome.
1: Isaiah Willock. Is that his name? That seems right. I think that is. He's yeah, that's the, him. He's
0: got the uh, pervert mustache.
1: Yeah, but I thought he was borrowing that from, yeah, anyway. No, yep. he
0: says it, like, in every movie he's in. He oh, was, yeah? Uh, he was also in 25th Hour, and he <laughs> said that there <laughs> in oh. there. In <laughs> any <laughs> event. I don't know where... It came from where it originated yeah. for him. But so that's uh, his thing.
1: Yeah. So I guess uh, they give writing credits. Do we do writing credits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two Aristophanes on the IMBD. Oh, okay. <laughs> writers. Uh, IMDB <laughs> is not playing around. Kevin Wilmot, Spike Lee, and Aristophanes. I wonder what that writing room was like. Yes. <laughs> right, right. <coughs> but nonetheless, it was amazing adaptation. Uh, you know, it was the first poem, pl- movie that I've ever seen in my life. 'Cause the whole thing is a poem. Like right. everybody rhymes. For a while I was like, Oh, these people are oh, these We're people being rhyme cute too. Greek. Like somebody they somebody should have told me maybe that like this is in the fashion of a Greek play. The right. whole thing rhymes. It's a critique of the ghetto lifestyle and it's a critique or a message to those people who envy and glamour you know, glamorize the ghetto lifestyle and want to be part of it. Yeah. I my th- my theory, may I uh, Oh, my theory is that uh, Spike Lee made this film as a vanity project because uh, he had the money and the resources and the power to do so and the reason because right. it was about gun violence. Okay, There's, there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of heavy critique after this. I know I've already said I would like to own the script. I'm setting myself up because I'm going to tear this thing apart later <laughs> for other reasons, yeah. but um, I feel like he had the money to put it together. Didn't have enough people check and balance it to make it like a standalone masterpiece. Because mm. it could have been. I'm mm-hmm. um, afraid it's not going to be, though, because of some other controversy. And there might be a reason for that. Maybe that's part of the lifestyle. But there wasn't. didn't seem to be a critique of the way women were objectified in this overall endeavor. But it is nonetheless about gun violence in America. It's called Chirac for a reason. When the thing starts out, I'm like, oh, where are my glasses? Are we going to have to read this Mm -hmm. movie? I'm Mm -hmm. like, Kabila, I thought you said (laughs) early on that we weren't doing anything with subtitles. (laughs)
0: Like, where are my glasses? It (laughs) starts off with a song, Prelude, by Nick Cannon. And uh, and I forget the name. And it was
1: awesome. The music banging throughout. Uh, Called Pray
0: for My City. And I had no idea that it was him actually rapping. I thought it was like young. Little Jeezy or something. I don't know. I don't know what your you kids rap people are now, but they play the entire song before any movie starts. Like the entire song and, is played, and the lyrics, and the lyrics are lyrics just are popping up. on the screen.
1: Yeah, they're popping up in the very kind of very cool. It was well edited. It was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, just like black screen, red letters popping up. I'm like, hey, those letters are going too fast for me to read. And then I'm like, oh, if I just listen, that's oh, my, these are the lyric. You know, like it, I just fell into it. The whole thing just drew me into a song. Mm -hmm. And in terms of form and function, that was very well done. And amazing. I've never experienced anything like it. But the song sets up Chirac, you know, the city. And I'm going into this, you know, completely open-minded, thinking Chirac could be a place on another (coughs) planet, for all I know. Chirac could be a completely made-up place. Um, I didn't know if we were going to go all Borat with this or not. But anyway... There's lyrics in there about how he's released from jail. You know, when he's released from jail, he's thanking God, and then, you know, he's watching out for the gangs, death around every corner, definitely lots of prayer going on, a lot of faith. It's a love-hate relationship uh, that Chirac has with the city. And he reveals at the end of the song that he's talking about Chicago. He's like, I don't live in Chicago. I live in Chirac. And he has another line in there that was just so powerful that also just kind of set the tone. Was that, you know, babies die because of bad shots, basically. It's like babies are dying in the neighborhood because people don't know how to shoot. Right. And that was a great way to set up the rest of the movie. And then they start throwing up. Then then they announce, this is an emergency. This is an emergency. And that's up on the screen. And they start showing up all these uh, statistics and stuff. You remember that? Uh. That's when we both started taking notes. We right. both broke out the notebooks. Like, oh, they're giving us information. We're writing stuff down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like 2001 to present, You know, 2,349 American deaths in the Afghanistan war. 2003 to 2011, 4,424 American deaths in the Iraq war. And 2001 to 2015, 7,356. And then this is where he goes off script a little bit. <laughs> 7,356 murders in Chicago. I don't know why he didn't just stick with the American deaths.
0: I think he's trying to put it in perspective.
1: Because it, w- so it like wasn't in a war.
0: Well, yeah, there was no war. And then the fact that those are just American deaths, like you expect high numbers like that counting Americans in war. Right, right, but right. But you get to 7,000 in Chicago. Right, right, alone, right, right. That's like.
1: Right, and they put, you know, when they're doing this, uh, also, great graphics, whoever did the editing on this, was, you know, this, the graphics of the flag kind of um, watermarked on a, a silhouette of the country with the actual flag in the background with these stats. And then, I, I don't know if that was a, f- Chicago has a flag, and it's those red know, stars or what that was. Yeah, right, so maybe Chicago has a flag. Uh, I don't know, but it was definitely used like Chirac. Right. So if that is truly a thing, again, brilliant. In any event... They talked about, you know, then it's kind of like, this is the prelude. The prelude then segues. Like, I was very aware of every single segue, and I guess that was intentional because mm. it was supposed to be felt, I think, like theater. And they talk about 400 kids died just this year from gunshot, mm. you know, gun violence. Just That's just the collateral damage. It's crazy. And then you get the cityscape of Chicago, and then... I noticed this. I don't know if you noticed this or not, either. They just stopped for a moment on Star's Donuts. (laughs) (laughs) I did not notice that. donut (laughs) shop. (laughs) And then, boom, they start following this dude walking along the line. And he's walking into a concert line. And you hear everybody inside chanting, Chirac. And then this buffoon shows up, I would say. It was like the typical kind of... um, uh, minstrel almost. Like I t- I was offended by Samuel Jel- L. Jackson's oh. presentation. And I started I'm to think later offended by Samuel Jackson. Because be if if the target market is fourteen year old kids, then okay, fine. I understand why you have this cartoonish uh presentation of Samuel L. Jackson talking ignorant and loud and just kinda That's And that was his role throughout I don't know about it. I think he's playing a r- character here and it was that was that that was that narrator throughout and it is kind of also um, the narrator and transitions like either a, a jester, if mm-hmm. you will, or um, a priest or a wizard or something like that. So those those were characters like John Cusack's character was a priest and he played a big role in transitioning from acts mm. as well. And anyway, they, you know, they after Samuel L. Jackson does his aside, of which I had no idea what the purpose was. Uh-huh. Did you?
0: As other than him being the the chorus or the narrator, I mean yeah. I don't have any real like I didn't find him helpful <laughs> personally in the in the storytelling, but um that's not to, I don't know yeah that's not to say that Spike didn't have a very specific purpose in mind for him. I feel like Spike goes into all of his movies very precise like he has uh, everything has a meaning to him and what's going on not necessarily that they're all necessary
1: whether it translates to the audience right
0: but I, I'm sure he had it in mind it was like this is exactly what this stands for and this right right
1: right right yeah sure if s- you I
0: can't d- figure it out then it's not my fault right exactly
1: so they focus in on this nameless woman she's very attractive uh, she's dancing and chanting you know and stuff like that and uh, the concert starts, and everybody goes back to chanting after Samuel L's bit. Uh, everyone goes back to chanting, Shirek. Right? It's mm. really a very dramatic kind of... I don't know if you ever... W- did you go to any hip-hop concerts in the early, late 90s? Um, oh. Like, not shows, not like people you heard on the radio.
0: No, I, I think I like went to probably a couple in when I lived near Detroit.
1: Okay, people were shouting North Side, South Side, West Side, East Probably. Side, or, or something Not to yeah. that effect. Yeah. Their neighborhoods. Or I don't think
0: I went to like very many. Well, <laughs> it
1: was very reminiscent of the few that I've been to anyway in that time period. And it was, yeah, people get up and they're just they're going off about their crew and right. things like that and going off on other people's crews uh, you know what i mean
0: yeah i think that's probably why i never went to too many of them because i didn't want to get involved in right. <laughs> whatever cross right
1: and as though you you could somehow understand samuel l jackson without all the words popping up on the screen during the concert when they're singing the words are popping up on the screen but the words are popping up on the screen the way a text message appears on your phone right. onto the screen and I was like, what's going on? There's a text message, where are my glasses? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's talking about the Spartans, and he's amping up the Spartans. He's establishing he is a Spartan. He's establishing that their color is purple. He's establishing that his enemies are the Trojans, led by Cyclops. Mm. And uh, he starts talking about how he would shoot Cyclops if he saw him. And then one of the people on the stage gets shot and there are gunfires and there's a lot of gunfires and then after the gunfires are g- done and the crowd leaves, Spike takes the time to focus on everybody who died and there were eight people dead and they each had he each gave them like a little it leg. was like
0: Twitter mention is what it looked like it looked like some there were tweets because yeah. they had the the, at hand the Twitter handles and then something yeah. the bonus. so like basically that's putting
1: what balloon text boxes over actors playing dead
0: well, it's. I, th- I think that was just more a, of a a conversation starter on how the kids are today, how society is today. With you know something like that terrible happens, you're going to hear about it on a Twitter mention or Twitter feed before you hear about it on the actual news because these kids are actually there and they're tweeting about it, which is it's truthful. It's kind of useful, but also sad that that's the first thing that they do is that, you know, they're so unaffected by this violence that has happened right in front of them. Somebody's life was taken and their first instinct is to tweet about it. So I think that's kind of what that was supposed to be about.
1: So that basically brings us into the, the world of Chirac. We learn later that his name is Chirac. Like, the way the movie, like, I mean, you all have the benefit of hearing this great podcast and uh, knowing that th- who the characters are if you haven't seen right. the movie yet. But otherwise, you don't know if Chirac is a place or a person. or And I guess that that's on it's purpose both. to blend the idea. Yeah. Right, exactly. But they're in, you know, this is funny, too, because I did a lot of scratching out of my notes. I'm like, okay, now they're in their bedroom. Nope, right. their apartment. Nope. <laughs> 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 we don't know whose place this is. <coughs> um, and the again, they're rhyming the entire time, even off stage. Uh, the love interest has established, you know, this rapper, Chirac, and this woman who was dancing for his pleasure is now, like, basically getting herself ready to have sex with him. And
0: uh Okay, so the rhyming um, aspect of it all, that kind of... And I, I know that there's a real name for it. There's got to be a real name for it, for what it is. It's just it's just rhyming. Just Shakespearean. Oh plot. no, that's
1: not. It was not Shakespearean. But I was just saying, uh, during the movie, I guess that the whole movie rhymes, which is how Greek plays were.
0: Okay, but so like you mentioned that it would have been helpful had somebody had you known going yeah. into it that that's what's going that it blah 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 blah. Right. that it was going to be like that. Right. But like. Yeah, I feel the same way because as the
1: audience, it starts with the song and then you go to a concert, right? And and now they're still rhyming,
0: right? And it seemed and it kind of took me out of it for a minute because then I'm not really paying attention to what the actual dialogue is. I'm just waiting to see if everybody is rhyming or if it was just like an isolated incident.
1: I, you know, the way it came off to me was like this guy just keeps his game going after the show, Mm -hmm. and she's, you know, she's trying to keep up playing along with him. Yeah, and like. To me, it was off-putting. Period. <laughs> like, it was just... well, especially
0: if it wasn't that. If it was, that was the sense of it. Right. <laughs> it's like you pop his ass off. How dare you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, yeah. So there is there's as many great things as there are about this film. There are also a lot of off-putting, yeah, um, insulting. Yeah. oh yeah um it's very current extremely relevant about and you know there was a point where you know you said that it's gun control or gun violence is the main message here
1: but there, uh, i don't know if that's the main message well you, that's you, what the, you said that's how they sell it you said i mean i think he thinks that's what this movie's about and that's it <laughs> right but
0: they cover topics of gentrification poverty education white kids glorifying thug life drugs racism sexism like it's it's just like they cover the gamut of everything oh, yeah. police violence it's just it's a lot to take right <laughs> right right um but uh like one of the i guess the the first scene that actually really kind of got my attention was um where miss helen and Lysistrata were in Miss Helen's house when she goes to go um, stay with her okay and um, she starts Miss Ellen starts dropping knowledge on her about you know trying to figure out why she is the way she is why she's wasting her time with Chirac and then we find out that Lysistrata is an orphan she doesn't have any family and, and she goes and to... She's
1: just the hottest girl. You know, he uses she's the buffoon pretty. again. Yeah. No, no, this is what the buffoon plays. This is Samuel L. Jackson's role. So you you're jumped into Act 2, which okay. is cool, but Act 2 was it starts with Samuel L. Jackson tells us the story of La Strada. Yeah. You know, she and, and it's not about that she's an orphan. It's not about anything real. It's about how hot she is and what a great piece of ass she is, and, like, he uses much more vul- vulgar terminology than that. Right.
0: But that kind of, the whole, the fact that she's an orphan kind of comes into play and later
1: she with more insults. Well, let's, let's just, I just want to fill in the blank because we'll get to Miss Helen. Miss, so, um, you know, before Chirac and Lys- Lysistrata can finish their romantic session, like Cyclops drives by the house, he lights the house on fire, they go running out. He comes out with an assault rifle just out the bat, somebody else's house. He pulls an assault rifle out of it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and uh, right. And then when they get into act two with Lestrada the next day, Estrada, the next day, she's going on a little walk and she comes across a dead little girl in the streets. And that's another huge plot arc right. to the story, which is why I had to go back and cover it. And there's this mother, cr- you know, she discovers it's her little girl who was killed in the streets. The police won't let her cross the yellow line. They tell her she has to go down to the morgue to identify her, the body. And she's like, that's my daughter right there. Right. You know, like, and they won't even let her nearby. This is when they introduce John Cusack's character, the priest, who just, you know, looks anguished. And this mother, you know, points at this, you know, Les Estrada is finally named and uh, curses her. She's like, you know, mm. watch out for yours, you know. I hope, that, you know, you catch some of this yourself, kind of thing. And, you know, Helen, sixty three twenty eight is where Helen lives, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Helen. <laughs> by <laughs> the way, <laughs> she takes in La Strada, even after all this other business, and she gives him a hard time. She's like, "Where's your boyfriend, Machine Gun Kelly?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you could see it's difficult for La Strada to stay there. Like, first she tries to bail because she's trying to do avoidance, right? Right. And then she stays, and that's when she reveals she's an orphan, and now we're all caught up. Although Miss Helen, played by Angela Bassett, mm. uh, makes mention that she's from um, Cabrini-Green, mm-hmm. which in the urban development world is like a nightmare of public housing. Like, it's just like, don't do that. That was a bad idea. But it was also a difficult thing to undo, and it's about concentrated poverty. Mm. Like It was the design to... You know, of all these federal programs, if you follow them, then you end up putting all the poor people in the same place. Mm -hmm. Because you can't put money into rich neighborhoods. You have to put money into poor neighborhoods. Right. (laughs) So that's the money you use to create affordable housing. Right. So it it becomes a cycle that's difficult to break. Mm -hmm. That's what creates ghettos, among many other things. Once you create concentrations of poverty, they're easy to exploit from there. Right. Be it if you're a gun maker, manufacturer, or you're selling greased butts on a pole, or Uh. you're selling malt liquor or cigarettes or fine cognac. Yep. It's the whole range.
0: Mm. So, um
1: the dialogue was very forced because, and this is why I think it was maybe a vanity project because a lot of the dialogue was really forced, you know? So all of a sudden, this Lys- Estrada, who we don't know really anything else about is having this very intelligent conversation <laughs> with, right. uh, with Miss Helen. There just wasn't an establishment for that. And th- not that there had to be, but it just with everything else that we had seen about this character before that, it just seemed out of place. But nonetheless, they have a very intelligent debate about gun violence in America. They compare that to Iraq um, and how we send soldiers over there, but we also send over supplies. And then after the war is over, we teach you know self sufficiency, how to govern themselves. They're like, you know, where the hell's all that for us here in Chicago, South Side? you know, when Sandy Hook had its incidents with the white kids, so they did the comparison of, like, Black America and how Black America's treated, so it's also very much focused on on Black the Black American experience. Wait. So ma- we find out Machine Gun Kelly's real name is Chirac.
0: Actually, his real name is Demetrius.
1: And his government name, because <laughs> Spike <laughs> Lee's real name may not be Spike. <laughs>
2: Is his real name, his government name, nah, Demetrius, Demetrius Dupree, Demetrius Dupree, his father. All Shaz told me is that he died in prison. Got a good heart deep down inside. I love him. I can change, Shy. Darling, people change when they decide to change. You make it sound so easy. All you can do is create an environment for change. Like an alcoholic, you take away his booze. (laughs) You just try taking away their guns. All right. Well, what else do they love? Uh Getting turned up. Making money. What else? Um. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Pick up your phone. Google.
1: So, how do you create an environment to change gun-toting gangsters? A sex strike, mm. <laughs> of course. N- this is where they well, give z- props to the real woman in Liberia. Who actually did this? Hmm. The uh, the Lema Gbowee. Mm-hmm. You want to we want to fill in the blanks there.
0: Or? I didn't take notes on her, okay. but basically, um, I don't know if that was was that a real person? that's a real that person uh, that, that really real
1: happened. It's a real person. Okay, and so, so Las Estrada looks it up on Google. Miss Helen basically is like Google, and then they cut away, and because nobody wanted to butcher her name the way I probably just did, mm. they show her Google Lema uh G-B-O-W-E-E, if you all want to look it up. Her first name is L-E-Y-M-A-H, G-B-O-W-E-E is the last name. And she's from Liberia, and she did this with warring tribes. Um, it's very different than the way this movie went with it. But she did say, if you have any means to stop war, then do it. That was her justification. Mm-hmm. Les Estrada then repeats this phrase, and then we go into Act 3. And that's when her mom is, the, the mother who is yet to be named, is scrubbing her baby's blood off the street.
0: Which is a extremely sad, and uh, that was probably one of the more striking images that I saw in the film that really kind of struck at my heartstrings. Like it was just extremely sad. Like Poor Jennifer Hudson she really didn't get a chance to do too much real acting and i don't know i don't want to say real acting but she and understand it will be so but she cried every time she was on screen she was crying and damn it i guess you know that woman can you know do the stage cry because those were real tears that was not fucking real. like so we're looking at snot and everything but um <laughs> Yeah, it was just a really heartbreaking scene to watch her just sit there sobbing and trying to scrub her baby's blood out of the concrete and then at some point just kind of give up and just splashing around mop water. So, um yeah, so she has decided that the one thing that these men, these gangsters, their men care about more than their guns and their war is sex. And that's, if you withhold that, then <laughs> they'll the stop acting fools.
1: <laughs> right. You wanna round up the troops? You wanna describe that a little bit?
0: Well I I thought that was also also another point I'd like to uh, something else I'd like to point out is the costume design as well as the set decor it was the, the set design it was great in the fact that you knew from the set as well as from the costume design that you were dealing with Spartans in all purple like even their homes were like laced in purple and whatnot as versus the trojans with like they are dressed in orange or their houses are decorated in orange and it was kind of similar to um to me to uh, school days because when you had the separation of the um the light skin versus the dark skin students like it was very apparent like in everything that they were wearing and what their homes looked like and everything so um (laughs) Listeria, Listrada. <laughs> <laughs> she tries to, she or
1: tries to organize a meeting with her gals, mm-hmm. and nobody shows up, and she's like, "Damn!" So she goes to go find her gals. <laughs> she grabs them at the corner mart because little man wanted his Captain Crunch, and that's another thing that drives me crazy: is people who give their children adult characteristics and adult responsibilities too soon. Like, he's, uh, you know, like, this is something I saw when I was a teacher a lot that drove me crazy. I'm like, you know, that kid thinks he's the little man, like, for real, of the house kind of thing. Right. And in any event, he had to get his Captain Crunch. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after she gets all her gals together, they go to the enemy's girl's house, the Cyclops. And um, there's resistance to the plan. She hatches the plan. She's like, come on now, in sisterhood, let's all go on a sex strike and they're like, resistant. And then they bring up the little girl that died after showing us this emotional scene. They were swayed. And then they had this whole thing about the vow. Man, you really think something like that could bring
2: peace? Y'all know the power we have over them withholding just a day, a week, Ooh. imagine a month, a oh, year. Korea. Oh, <laughs> they do bring the it. peace. <laughs> <laughs> that the men just dump us. If we all hold out, who can they go to? The The thighs! Them hoes! Over there! Well, we will enlist them, too. If we want our men alive, we want our babies to thrive, we gonna have to organize. Repeat after me. I will deny all rights of access or entrance. I will deny all rights of access or entrance. From every husband, lover, or male acquaintance. From every husband,
1: lover, or male acquaintance.
2: acquaintance. Who comes to my direction in erection. (laughs) Who comes to my direction in erection. (laughs)
0: But um, there's a one line in the in this chant, in this vow, in this oath, where it's like the describing don't allow the right. They allude to the fact that their men rights to
1: access or rights to entry.
0: Yes, they allude to the fact that their men have a right to have sex with them, which. That's not really the case.
1: Should be a privilege. Yes, right? it's not really. A, a, it's not really <laughs> the case. <laughs> that's
0: not. That's not what it is. So, there's just there's some bothersome misogyny and um, straight yeah, up disrespect. do your disre- duty. Yeah. Give up
1: the booty. Like things like that are extremely thrown a lot.
0: disrespectful things to women in this movie. So that is where my. That's where I start to get like. Yeah, this
1: is this movie about peace and gun violence, or is this movie about? Women are supposed to have sex with their men. That's their obligation right. and purpose in, on the planet, right? Because that was definitely the other message of this movie. Like there might have been all those other things as well, but this was also part of the.
0: Well, yeah, those other things were mostly concentrated, mm-hmm. and I feel like like in one of them was a Q sex sermon at Patty's funeral. That was like everything that you touched yeah, right, on. Right, 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 right. But like
1: that was great. The movie, that was uh, <laughs> that was worth the price of admission. Was the the. John Cusack playing a priest in his sermon and yes. the whole church service was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to, the, we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to that.
0: I do have some questions about that. Though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so but yeah, that so leads
1: us into Act 4 where now the women go and break the news to the men. This is what's going down. There's going to be a booty strike.
0: <laughs> it's, and uh, they don't buy it. They're not taking them seriously. The men are not taking them seriously. They are like, Meh. You'll, whatever, you'll cave first, and oh, it's not that important to me. And then they feel like and then there's the threat of, well, I'll just go get it somewhere else if you're not going to set it And they said it
1: in like a little childish rhyme. They're like, well, you know the rhyme. Yeah, and I don't if you know cut where me that off, came from. And I couldn't even repeat it to you because like, the whole time I was like, what? what, 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 what? Like, I didn't even understand it.
0: Plus, I, I think it, it kind of loses something when your whole entire script is in rhyme. And then you bring in. And then you're rhyme. gonna say, yeah. "I gotta." Yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'm like. That's like. Check I, your crew.
1: You got to clip a couple people. <laughs> they let you go too far. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. I just
0: yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's. They, so they have managed to get not just the women who have men in the gangs, but also the hooers, <laughs> that the professionals, right. the strippers. Right. Um. Not even the phone sex.
1: Yeah, and girls the por- will call and Porn
0: peep shows. I guess that's still a thing.
1: Right. What to do? There's no strippers. The drought is out all over town. But
0: <laughs> well, that was a hilarious- that was a pretty funny scene with Dave Chappelle um, complaining about his lack of strippers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I right, peep this. I got thirty girls stripping for me. Another five on loan, and not one of them, not one of them, is answering their goddamn phone. Rock? Yeah, I mean, at this time of the night, the champagne room be full of life. Just young boys putting dollar bills in the drawers of all my pretty thrills. Cyclops, we have been struck by a plague that will put that biblical pestilence to shame. And this famine only affects the lower regions where all you young Trojans do most of your thinking. I mean, this is the male side of the aisle. If you can't squeeze it, you at least wanna want to, you know, tease it. Oh, but, 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 but these hoes have literally shut down the penis power grid. So my question to y'all is what you motherfuckers done did, huh? The situation's out of control, because I'm in front of an empty stripper pole.
1: And then they do this kind of like, you know, cityscape montage where there's some graffiti that says, keep loving each other.
0: Always great, though. Always great in Spike Lee films um, when he uses the he uses the city as a character. Yeah, he did that he very, very well. He does that here. very well.
1: Yep. And then that brings us to church. Now we can talk about ch- the church service.
0: So at first, like, there are these worship and praise dancers all in white. And, you know, you've got, obviously, this is a Baptist church, and you've got um the full choir and the full band and they're performing like a
1: symphony band a rock band yeah all the bands yes (laughs) there's we
0: got bass we got upright bass we've got electric bass we've got cello we've got piano we've got (laughs) sopranos and um yeah so
1: uh i saw a bagpipe in there so
0: (laughs) um and then the dancers the african dancers yeah the the worship and praise dancers and um they're all in white, and it's. It they seems had some like
1: African a, etchings, like everybody had. That's what that was about.
0: Yeah, but they generally called them worship and praise dancers in I churches. I feel you, Sue. Um, so, um, not to say they're not African or that they didn't have. Any, there's no African influence in I'm them. I'm saying the
1: dance style was African. That's worship
0: and praise. Okay. Um, so, there's but my advice. question is, like, it looks like a normal <laughs> church service. Like a normal Sunday church and right. Then you start to figure out, oh, this is that little girl
1: Patty's well, funeral. Well, yeah, because all the, what I would call the African dancers, <laughs> like, stop on the coffin. And they don't show the coffin at all before that. It's no, just they, like, they, booyah, you do reveal show the it, coffin. do show but it's like full-on white. But, uh, yeah. I didn't realize that was a coffin at the yeah. time until they all included it in their dance
0: but there's and that's also not even like the dance is so happy and uplifting and joyful as well as the song that's being sung like it's you know they're talking there's literally praise him glory you know glory be to god and it's not to me it just seemed like if that were if i were burying my child that's not necessarily the the route i would have liked to have gone
1: for that's not up to you that's up to the church
0: oh for real <laughs> that church is going to make
1: joy and happiness happen.
0: Yeah, I just don't see me being then, in that mood. Well,
1: then Kuzak mm. comes, right? Then, mm. then it's okay. The it song and dance is over. There's the coffin. Q Kuzak, who, by the way, is from Chicago. Did you know that? I don't. I don't know. Yep. So uh, this might be like also a labor of love for him, probably, as well. And many people. I mean, they they had such a great cast. They had Broadway actors they had. Everybody, mm-hmm. uh, anybody who was everybody was in this, and I think it w- they were in it for the gun violence, p- the short elevator speeches. <laughs> this is, <Right. laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you don't get that many people without a short one liner. In any event, he does this great thing. He's like, We're going to talk about the life,
2: <coughs>
1: the life. You know, and we're all like thinking he's going to talk about the life of this little girl. Right. And he pulls out a gun. The life of this gun. <laughs> right. And he talks about the underground economy because banks don't lend to poor people. They can prey upon us. You know, he finally would get this little girl's name is Patty that died in the movie. And then he talks about, you know, he just goes off on this great rant. There's some uh, my favorite. We can do just do a highlight reel. Nah. Do you want to talk about some of your favorite things he said and i can talk about some of my favorite things he said or um
0: yeah i just kind of generalized what like some of the things that you probably have more oh specific. yeah I d- <laughs> uh,
1: there's he's like the politicians you know are in the <laughs> pocket of the nra and they're complicit and co-conspirators they're setting setting up fourth class schools and sending those kids to first class prisons yeah you know which again wilkinsburg
0: No, he basically, um, he got in there. He, uh,
1: I... I (laughs) talked about snitches, you know, who are afraid to die. Well, the murderers, you're already the walking dead, you know, and, and, uh, (laughs) you know, ends it with kind of like, the church is putting up a $5,000 reward for information leading to the capture of Patty's murderer, you know, and then he's like, end this self-inflicted genocide. He said that, like, several times, you know, with the spirit caught up in him. It was awesome.
0: I do, I did also like what he was talking about, how, um... The kids in suburbia are glorifying this thug life that they're right. never going to see in person, and right. you know they're the ones with the guns and you know all that stuff. So that was, I thought that was pretty great. Um, that was one thing that stuck out in my mind. But uh, yeah, also that um, stop with this self-inflicted genocide. That's yeah. that was pretty fucking positive, p- powerful, powerful, and right on.
1: Yeah. And then it's like, meanwhile, Chirac's making dirty Sprite. <laughs> Right? I'm gonna look and see if that's actually what that is because I'm like, what's he doing over there, Camila? She's like, I
2: think it's called
0: making dirty Sprite. <laughs>
1: I'm like, what's that, Camila? Uh, you know, mixing Nyquil and Sprite.
0: And that's <laughs> like, all, and all I know no. about that is from a song that I've never actually listened to, <laughs> so I don't. You know, I'm just I'm getting that information forthhand. So <laughs> it could absolutely not be true. Yeah, just
1: in case mom's listening. <laughs> <laughs> in and any event, it wasn't just Dirty Sprite. Old man in a wheelchair comes scooting up. He's obviously an old school Spartan. He's got a like bandana a, yeah, and a wheelchair. I will
0: hopefully, he wasn't a real actor.
1: And he's like, You got everything out here on the. On the table there, you got you know all kind of drugs and everything else, and and so he's basically lecturing him like you don't want to end up like me, you know, end up in a wheelchair. This thug life's no good for you, you know. There's gotta be something else you can do with your life, kind of thing. And you know, Chirac, the actor Nick Cannon, is just ignoring him, smoking his blunt. And then there is y- a cut scene again, using the Chicago cityscape, and this time. It's like a temporary commercial development sign. You know, something, something, apartments are coming here. Invest in Chicago, create jobs, create economy. And that brings us into Act Five. And now the women are in the church, the women that are on strike.
0: Okay, that is what Dirty Sprite is.
1: Okay, sweet. We were correct on Dirty Sprite.
0: Ding, 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 ding. A lot of big words here. Something about, yeah, okay. Don't do that guys. This looks awful. Like seriously, if you're out there drinking this crap, don't do it. That is not okay.
1: So, Act 5 is is about the power of guns. And the women are in the church and the Kuzak, the priest, you know, the buffoon doesn't make a... is the first time he doesn't use Samuel L. Jackson to transition a, an act, which is great. Eh. But it doesn't take long. He shows up in a second. <coughs> but Kuzak's like t- given the women the breakdown of the history of gun manufacturers in the United States and their ties and connections to white supremacist groups Mm. and like how basically they're happy to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) selling these guns so that black people kill black people. It's a big laugh to them, and they're profiting. They're making money off of—it's like mission. It's the trifecta for supremacists (coughs) and sadists. (coughs) And so Lysistra is hanging out with one of her gals from her Spartan crew, and she's talking about General Kong and basically establishes that the reason why her friend stopped hooking was because of this trick that runs um, the National Guard Armory in their neighborhood. And so the next scene there, Act 5, is about the infiltration and how they take over the National Guard Armory. And I don't want to talk about it because there's so many images in my head that I just don't want to recant. No, no, skip, a, skip ahead. Uh, just nasty, horrible. Yeah. I don't even understand why that was in. It didn't have to be like that. No, it did not. That movie was check two hours your crew, and six minutes Clip long. a couple friends. Whoever gave you the green light or didn't stop you from making that scene right. is not a real friend. So we didn't need Act Five at all. Really, it could have just been that they, you know, they took over the Aren't national. There only armor. three
2: acts in the movie.
1: Uh, this is a play, and I don't know how many exactly there are, but this is scenes, maybe? I don't know what you want to call them, but they're little chapters, because each one has its own self-contained point.
0: Okay.
1: The Power of Guns. Mm. The gals, six unarmed black and brown women, Mm. take over an armory unarmed. Right. You know, use your imagination how they did that. Uh, Yes. All right. But they're on a sex strike. They didn't actually have sex with any of these men.
0: Nope, they just... Tease them and to thinking that they would, and they all ended up getting all the dudes got blindfolded and handcuffed.
1: Right, and so the next thesis or act or whatever you want to call it is uh, the buffoon appears again, and it's Samuel L. Jackson, and he's like, "Let's get truthy. You can't trust the police. You're afraid of gangs." And so then it goes into this whole kind of like w- what the conflict is, uh, what we're fighting for, I guess. There's like this weird book club that kind of reminded me of Busboy and Poets. You remember yeah, all the women I went back there? And these 60 and 70 and 80 year old women are talking about how holding holdin out is hard for them too. Which I feel like <laughs> it really shouldn't
0: have. It, 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 why did they have to do it as because well?
1: Because it written by two men who didn't understand <laughs> like there, those women, Those Anything. women's husbands
0: weren't in any games.
1: Right, exactly, right, yeah. And so one of them was like, I'm afraid to lose my man, but she's going to lock it up, too. And it's just a whole other montage of misogyny, essentially. Like, that's what Act 5 and Act 6, yeah, I mean, power of guns, but I guess the idea is that sex or female sexual offerings are more powerful than guns is what one was about. I guess that's what this whole thing's about. Maybe it's not, uh, uh, I don't know, but...
0: The misogyny lies in the name calling of the bitches and the hoes, and the do this, and you're going to, you're going to do what you're supposed to be doing. And, and maybe he's
1: calling out that that happens in the community, but it doesn't seem like that was part of the lesson. You know what I mean? Like in the end, they all sign a peace treaty. In the right. end, there's no co- closure. Right. On there's the misogyny. no, you
0: know, sorry for calling you out b- your name. Yeah. Like, we
1: need to respect our women. That was never brought up.
0: Right. No. It. it that's absolutely true. And um, yeah. So that is that was a, a, a big problem for me because it kind of went off the rails at some point. It's it just kind of like it.
1: No peace. No. Yeah. Peace. Kind of and thing. it
0: also, there was,
1: yeah, I don't they, know. They established that in the movie. That's not me being clever.
0: Right. Um, there's also a point where I wasn't sure if it, like there were some points where it was like, it would be really serious. And then he try to turn it into some, have some comedic, release, like, uh, the way Wesley Snipes played his character. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but it almost felt out of place. Like, it was like, when I, was, when I saw things like that, or...
1: This um, is when, it, yeah, the movie got off its rails. It started, it all of a sudden became a slapstick. Yeah. Somewhere in there, it lost its hard integrity. Then it started, it just changed its mind somewhere around this time. You know, when it starts to go into where this no longer is a Chirac issue... And they make it global. It's like they had to convince themselves like, Well, how in the world are you gonna make world peace? Like they they took it all the way to make it world peace. Like they went too far. They didn't manage that's not what happened in the Aristophanes play.
0: Yeah.
1: It was (laughs) you know what I mean? Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, so yeah, I mean that's basically and you know, I don't wanna give away too much about the film. Um I mean, I guess we've basically given away everything about the film. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah.
1: But that's where they come up with their – they're in the streets, and everybody's coming up with these horrible chants, and the whole uh, do your duty, give up that booty thing. Like, so some of the guys are going crazy. For whatever reason, Spike Lee thought they need a chastity vowel that looks like a male fantasy with thick girls. It's like a hip-hop video in slow motion, Mm. the way they do this chastity vow uh so they start to negotiate um they bring in the experts this is where the broadway actor comes in what's his name lennox
0: uh yeah uh, harry lennox
1: yeah he's a great actor i can't believe he (laughs) agreed to do this movie right (laughs) in any event um he he's like the he's like the fbi or something he comes in he's like the negotiator he's in a suit he's a cop he's like i know how we're gonna fight this sex strike. With Luther Vandross,
0: <laughs>
1: they're like Operation Unbothered. Yeah, yeah that's where <laughs> that's where things really just really
0: lost it for me. Kind of unraveled for me at that point. Seriously, this movie was two hours and six minutes it's long. So it's we were about ready to walk out
1: at this time, and there's like still like three more acts to go, or two more anyway. There's so anyway, there there's like this little crazy thing about how people profit off the death of. Urban youth, some insurance salesman comes by Miss Helen's house trying to sell her a life insurance policy on her nephew. Back at the armory, um, you know, there's this montage of Black Lives Matter. They talk about Trayvon Martin and other kids that were killed by police. And he's just, you know, thrown in in this part about the killing of unarmed black kids. Uh, the occupiers talk about it to the negotiator. Um and then there's this weird little thing where like, Chirac cheats. Like, Chirac's the only person that has sex during this whole strike. Right. I don't understand where this woman came from. Her yeah, na- there was her no explanation. Her she had a tattoo on her back called Candy. It just seemed like Spike Lee made this rated R movie for 14-year-old boys, and this was the unspoken promissory breast shot because right. this was the only scene in which there was breast yeah. as well and uh and also it's like Chirac gets to cheat it's again it's just kind of like you know what i mean it's like he cheats without consequence right you know like all this kind of stuff about what you know to a s- so kind of to a certain extent if your audience is 14 year old boys and you're not correcting this message mm-hmm. you're doing a huge damage Service. and disservice so it's like yeah, man, you made a perfect movie for 14-year-old boys to get off of the gang life and the ghetto life, but you made them into misogynistic, rapist-entitled pricks. The church does this little, like, march from the church across the bridge. Everybody's holding a picture of a kid that got killed by a cop or other guns. And then, you know, the buffoon's back, and things are coming to a head. And the way that they finish this disastrous sex strike with is... Operation Hot and Bothered. They deploy that. They're singing and dancing. Lo and behold, the girls get earplugs. It's the only way they could stop the the power of the music, which right. is also just ridiculous. With the whole makeout music myth to the fourteen-year-old boys, again, that, and then it really gets slapsticky. Like a soldier has to be taken out because he's got booty on the brain, you know. So they roll him out on a stretcher. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's been three months they establish, and so Operation Hot and Bother didn't work. So everybody's going crazy. They establish. All the men go nuts because they can't have sex. So they bring out the big brass bed and have a showdown sex-off.
0: Yeah, which I was done. I don't
1: understand how that worked. Yeah, you left. So let me just hit the highlights on that one. It was televised and in a sports arena. Oh, my God. What kind of sense does this make? The mayor makes some horribly racist, disgusting comment, and then he looks at the guys like, it's okay, my wife's biracial. <sighs> so after they're done having sex, the lights come on, and it was just a big trick. The Trojan gang was there, I guess, in the dark, yeah. waiting for them to finish with yeah. their guns so they could turn their guns into the bed, and then... They brokered peace, quit the game. There was a brief point in time when Chirac wasn't sure if he wanted to quit the game. He's like, I could just nail this woman and we can keep shooting each other, I guess, was the logic. And then there's the final act where there's a big pile of guns. Everybody's wearing white except for Chirac. Everybody's clapping. Jobs are for everyone. Fortune 500 company signs a stupid petition called the Peace Award as if that's all it would take. <coughs> Lassistra says, don't forget the victims. And then Chirac refuses to sign and he walks away and he's walking towards a line of what's looks like you know riot gear police and out from behind him are mothers of other victims of gun violence children of gun violence and they all have a picture of their kid and they come up from behind the police which again is why I think this thing was about gun violence and kids mm-hmm. um angelo y- uh, Angela Bassett's out there talking about Cabrini Green one more time. Miss
0: Ellen tells him that she lost her child to gun violence and that it turns out yes. that it was his father who actually killed her child. And then So he breaks down and cries and looks at Jennifer Hudson and tells her that he was the one who accidentally shot her baby. He apologizes. They take him off and that's the end.
1: Right. And then Samuel L. Jackson shows up one more time just to tell you, oh, love is all you need.
0: So, star Star rating. One to five. You go first. I'm gonna give it a three. Why a three? Because um, the whole the misogyny and the disrespectful antics towards women for one, two, it was too long. Three, there it just kind of jumped the rails where it it turned into like a parody or something where eh, I, don't know, I just wasn't really. At some point I was like I am no longer in this. Yeah. I am I am no longer in this movie. Somewhere like,
1: around X six. Yeah, I was just Yeah, <laughs> like I was I was mentally yeah, I was
0: mentally done with it and I was just kinda waiting for it to go. So yeah. Like for what he did what he did well, he did very well. And I don't wanna sit here and say like oh Spike Lee did X, Y, and Z wrong, but there are just things that I didn't agree with. There are things that didn't appeal to me. And I don't think that I was the target market.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know the editing was great, the costume and set design great. It was visually e- pleasing experience right. to a certain extent, except way too much fucking ass yeah. in my face all the time. So it's like really get over it, man. Anyway, I would give the script a three. <laughs> mm. I would like to see the script. I'd like to read it my own time, and just be like. Well, way to rhyme all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean it was very ambitious, and I think I think that portion was done very well script wise. Yes, that it was uh, just the actual. I don't know. I'd I like
1: think. to see the script though. I don't know if, if the misogyny was even worse in the script. You know, I mean, I give it basically like a one or a zero. It's a non-factor to me. I'll never watch this again. Yeah, <laughs> I would not recommend anybody watch this. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah.
0: So okay, that goes the answer. Are you down to watch again? No. Um, I am not but if you guys are interested in watching Chirac it's free on Amazon Prime right now and um
1: the misogyny message outweighed the you know the the gun violence message just really wasn't handled that seriously right. I lost somebody to gun violence and I do I know people who lost you know but it just seemed disrespectful
0: yeah it, it did seem a lot like a mockery um so yeah, this is free on Amazon prime and this is the first original film to be released by Amazon Studios, so um, that's
1: editing people. There's a lot could have been cut.
0: It's also on demand, so could have uh, been a masterpiece. And we can talk about the Bechtel test. The Bechtel test is a type of litmus test to assess the presence of women in movies. It originated from Alison Bechtel's comic "Dykes to Watch Out For" in 1985. The rules of the test are as follows: one, it has to have at least two named women in it. Correct. This movie has that. Yes. Two, they talk to each other. Yes, this yes. happens. Three, about <laughs> something besides a man. Yes.
1: I feel like you're rushing this.
0: <laughs> An hour and 20 minutes right now. <laughs> um, yes, this does happen. So uh, at, l- at the very least, the scene between Helen, Miss Helen and Lysistria. Lysistra. Lysistra. When they Lysistrata. First talk. Lysistrata. Ugh. Tiana Paris. Um, so that ver- that first scene with them, they start talk they ta- do talk about Chirac, but we also she talks more about. She other talks things. about
1: who are you? You know yeah. you got a lot of books in here. Where's your t- flat TV screen? Right.
0: If you want to hide something from a Negro, put it in a book said Malcolm, said Malcolm X. X said Miss Ellen, Miss Helen. So yeah, so that's it. Uh, that is Chirac.
1: It's so weird. It passes the Bechdel test but it's <laughs> such a grossly <laughs> misogynistic film. It's because I think this was actually two films in one. It was
0: two hours long.
1: <laughs> it really was. It didn't have to be that long. There's no. so much that could it could it less would have been so much more. Mm-hmm. And really the message got lost with all the you know you had too much fun with the whole concept of a sex strike and driving men crazy. Yeah. You know, you should have shown that script to a woman before you went shooting that damn thing.
0: Yeah, some of the scenes, the, the whole crazy, give me the booty, turned is like a national lampoon's. You guys convinced
1: somebody else that that was funny, and you were wrong.
0: Yep. So. Please subscribe, follow, and like us. Um, We are on Twitter at DTW Podcast, on Facebook, Down to Watch Podcast, and SoundCloud and iTunes under Rugged Angel Productions. Now, Rugged Angel is one word, and you will also get three other fantabulous podcasts in that feed. So subscribe, rate, and review, because that's how we know that we're doing what we're doing right or what we're doing wrong. And um, we like feedback. So until next time, I am Camila.
1: You are Camila.
0: And that was (laughs) Dan. And we'll (laughs) talk to you guys later.